five. I think it's an appropriate time to get your dance on. David Guetta, Chris Brown, Lil Wayne. I can only imagine. Candy95, looking to hear your song. You can text me at 23504. Right now, it's the newest member of The Voice, Usher with Numb. Candy95, Stronger, Kelly Clarkson, Stronger, her fifth album, and that thing just went platinum, meaning it sold one million copies in America. Congratulations to Kelly. I got some requests on the way. Get yours on. Give me a ring, 764-9595. It's Crash. And that right there, audio of when I was called Crash doing Top 40 Radio over at KNDEFM back in the day. Some of the early roots leading me to where I'm at right now, leading us into this episode of Social Media Hustling, where the topic is we're going to talk about when traditional media, when digital media, when they collide, when it comes into one, how do they work together, what could be better, and what does it look like in the landscape of 2019 and beyond when the broadcast industry, the social media industry, the digital industry, can they play together We will see throughout this podcast. Uh, But before we get to that, we always have to start the program off with, what am I burning on this week? What what has got my blood boiling just a little bit to really start this show off with a bang? And what I want to talk about is value. So we got baseball season underway right now. Offseason was quite the hectic offseason. We saw Bryce Harper, Mike Trout get some massive contracts. A lot of people debating, is this person worth it? And it really kind of segued to what a lot of the noise is in the digital media, the social media industry. Uh, People ask, do you actually pay somebody a full-time salary with benefits to sit on Instagram all day? This is a thought that runs through a lot of people's heads, whether they want to quite admit that point or not. Um, If they want to come out right and say it to you, look, I know I felt it. I know you've probably felt it. Um, I feel like the whole industry feels it as they continue to try to work their way, hustling their way through the different layers of becoming a top-tier social media specialist. Uh, And really, I don't want to spend minute after minute answering that question because I feel like we do that with the program. But what I more want to answer is to keep your head positive, to keep your mindset right. There's a lot of noise, and if you listen to that noise, sometimes it can take you down a scary path. Here's the fact of the matter, whether it's digital industry, whether it's sports, acting, musicians, uh, we hear this chatter, you know, obviously a lot. If one person, one person is willing to pay you a certain figure in your salary, a certain hourly rate, then you are worth it. The market dictates what a person is worth, whether what you do saves a life, whether what you do entertains people on a digital medium. The market determines what the value is. And really, as people, as professionals, I don't think it's my job to argue over if somebody's worth a certain set value. I don't think it's your job. I think it's your job to go and do the best you can do. If one person says that you're worth $100,000, now it's your job to bust your butt and prove that you're not only worth it, that you're worth more than that eventually, that your trajectory is to the top of the food chain. One person sets the market value. If you can hustle enough, if you can show that the work you do at your job, the work that you do on the side is of to this value, to what somebody has given you, the market now deems that you're worth it. But you have to show it. It's only the beginning. You have to go in there. You have to be better than good. You have to be the best. I'm tired of people 
sitting there and debating what somebody's value is to somebody else. That's not your job. Your job is to hustle. Your job is to make plays. And that's what I'm going to do on a daily basis. Yes, I've been guilty of it. Yes, in my earlier 20s, and this really kind of relates back to the broadcast theme we have today, uh, I looked at the landscape. I thought that maybe I was better than so-and-so. And, you know, to somebody else, maybe I was, but to this person, I wasn't. To this industry, I wasn't. I had to find a way. I found my way in digital marketing. I found my way in social media. If I had a mic, well, I do have a mic, but I can't drop it because it costs too much. I would drop it on this floor right now. So on to the seriousness of the program for today. I want to get this out bright and early. I am doing a speaking engagement. Who is letting me do a speaking engagement? Um, this is something that I am truly flattered by. I've been wanting to do this really my whole career uh, I've said this a lot of times to different people that my passion, yes, is with social media, is with digital media, it is hustling, but I think my calling, which can be a couple different things, is to help people and to be able to help people to get them into this industry, to hear the vibrant excitement that I hope you hear in my voice every single episode on social media hustling, to me... That is what it's all about, and I'm excited to do this. At, it's going to be at Social Media Day, Houston, June 27th. I'll be having a social media session about journalism, bringing the journalistic philosophy that's been instilled in me through my learnings in broadcast school, bringing that to the digital field, the ability to tell a story, a narrative, through your brand, through your personal accounts, through a variation of accounts to really bring efficiency to your ad buying platforms when it comes to social media. Yes, we're talking new wave with um, higher end analytics, with the algorithm changes, with big, powerful ads, but we're also talking about what is the beginning of these ads? How are you building the narrative? How are you building a creative display uh, that you put on these different ads, these different posts to drive the narrative, not through one post, but through a series of posts and understanding that somebody that makes a transaction on social media, someone that does take that action, it usually isn't with one post. It's with building that experience. And I think it's through the journalistic approach, the natural approach that we can build that top tier experience. I can't wait to have this session with you. June 27th, Social Media Day of Houston. Um, I'm going to have a link. It's gonna be in my Instagram. It's going to be on the post uh, that you'll find on the descriptions for this edition of the podcast. Get it blasted out there as much as I can. Please use this link to purchase tickets if you're interested in seeing me up on stage presenting. Uh, the first time I've really gotten to do something like this and I don't think it'll be the last very excited to get this thing rolling. So today, the broadcast industry. I have a fantastic guest coming up here in a few minutes. His name is Caden. Uh, if you're a Houston listener, you may remember him from Hot 95.7, where he did Afternoon Drive, where I met him as my internship boss. And that dates us back to 2010. Uh, nowadays, Caden out in Phoenix, Arizona, 101.5 doing nights over there in Phoenix, also consulting with Radio Rancheria, uh, where he's helping a different group of stations, teaching them the way of the modern way of radio, bringing that into the digital era and to diversify his skill set some more. Also worked with the city of Mesa doing digital marketing for them, social media. Caden, uh, a guy uh, that I look at extremely highly if i talk about the most important people that have developed who i am today that have developed my career and my hustle it all goes back to 2010 uh, doing an on-air 
type internship with Caden taught me. The radio industry taught me not to be good, not to be great, to be the best. Someone who brought in a high-end work ethic every day and really showed off those radio skills with decades of work, the best in the business. Caden uh, also has diversified himself and something that he taught me to do to not only just be good with the on-air product, be good on digital, be good on your blogging skills, really learn everything there is to learn in this business to be the very best. So we'll have him coming up soon. First, I want to talk about the broadcast industry and where is this thing right now? So as many of you know, I tell the stories about me being on radio, about how you know I got off to a hot start at 21, was a host, fizzled out, I guess you could say, would be what a lot of people would say is the right word. I would say I morphed into something else. I found new passions, uh, but it was an industry that was a struggle. If you were a digital person, it was kind of like you're different. You weren't an on-air host and you weren't a digital person and maybe you did some digital on the side but it wasn't something that necessarily was put to the forefront uh, we do see uh, mediums right now on tv on radio we are starting to see this push we are starting to see a little bit of a changing of the guard i would argue that Many of them are kind of afraid to go all in. Many of them are afraid to put money behind it. But I do believe we are starting to see the different mediums start to adapt. Uh, so let's take it back to radio specifically. We're looking uh, 2010 uh, when I got my start as a radio host. Uh, we're looking at all the way up to maybe 2014, 2015, where we've seen a substantial struggle uh, between all of the major entities. Cumulus, we've seen uh, drop a ton of stations. iHeart Radio, Clear Channel, whichever you want to call it these days, uh, bankruptcy has struggled for a very long time now trying to figure out what their business truly is. And uh, we've seen it really get a lot more cookie cutter. And a lot of the different hosts now, uh, voice tracking, just piping it in, doing 15 second lead ins, 20 second lead ins, straight to the point lack of personality, lack of experience, straight to the music. So point being, I get what they're trying to do. More people want to hear more music rather than sitting around listening to someone to talk. Uh, but, you know, you could really debate that. In the mornings, we see morning shows in Houston such as Rua and Ryan still a hit. Uh, we see podcasts thriving right now, long-form podcasts where somebody listens to a person like me talking on a microphone for an hour and a half. So the experience level, I still think, is there. The medium has really, I feel like, has become dated and runs and still in a format uh, that has just been long lost. So let's take a look at the average listener on radio. You get in your car, you got a million things going on, you're fighting in traffic, you're saying F you to the person next to you, uh, you're kind of halfway listening to radio as you're driving. You catch the middle of a song, you listen to two songs, the commercials come on, you hit the favorite button, you move to another station, F it, you just move to another station, you heard the same effing song for the third time in less than 15 minutes, you hit the auxiliary button, you put your iPhone on, and you listen to your pre-made playlist. That's how it goes. Let's just be honest. You know, people on radio are going to sit here and say I'm just some bitter person, but let's be real. That's how people are consuming radio right now. So how are we changing the experience? What are we doing to alleviate this? And I don't think there's anything a host, a program director, or even a C-level manager can do because this goes into the corporate level. This goes into the philosophy of radio and what is lost right now. The first step that I feel like has to change is where building this entire platform 
off of Nielsen ratings. We're building it completely off of uh, people getting those Nielsen ratings, people buying advertising, 30-second spots, 60-second spots. An advertiser comes to a radio station, they're immediately charged five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 just to get started, where that advertiser could be doing their own experience on social media for five or $10,000 and getting 500,000, 1 million impressions Whereas radio, I feel like we're getting a lot of smoke and mirrors for that same price point. Fair? Not fair. It's just the truth. So what do we do to combat that? Uh, something that I've pitched quite a bit is doing the Pandora approach. People love Pandora. It's a customizable station. It is very quick. It's one, two, three, four songs, commercials, 60 seconds, a minute and a half, two minute commercials, back to the music. Radio, we're talking 15 minutes of music. Five minutes of commercials. You lose everybody during those five minutes. So something like that is a small change, but it's something that's very philosophical and very different compared to what a lot of radio stations are doing right now. We talk about the experience. So the host used to be something that you tuned in for. The giveaways are something that you tuned in for. A lot of hosts are doing fantastic Instagrams right now. I feel like the new wave, this is a big step up uh, where a lot of the large conglomerates are now demanding that you do social media. But what is the next step to that if they're just doing it organically? Organic social media is the way of the dinosaur right now. So why are we not mixing and matching? I believe the next phase for radio to really evolve is let's stop spending thousands and thousands of dollars to advertise on a TV medium. Let's spend thousands and thousands of dollars to do boosted uh, Instagram posts for a host. Just run an ongoing ad for your afternoon drive, your signature host that runs on Instagram for an entire quarter. Guarantee you that funnels in to the experience they're looking to try to portray. It funnels in to getting more listeners to listen through your digital platforms, to listen through your iHeartMedia app, and it creates an experience now. It could be a show recap that's run as an ad. It can be a promoted Instagram post of them at a remote, $50 here, $100 there. Strategy that comes from the top down where they are using a similar type voice, they're being themselves, but they're using their voice to leverage your brand. And don't even get me started when we're talking about radio brands. Hot this, live this, star this. Come on, man. Do we got any originality anymore? I mean, hot this, the new, the new, the new, the new. Yeah, it was effing cool back in 2001, but are we evolving? It's the same names rehashed all over the place. You can go on to different platforms on social media. You can go on to Pandora. You can go on to Spotify. You can get your music. So if it's just about the music you're going to lose on that. So what is the experience? What is the difference? How are we amplifying giveaways rather than organic social media? Smart spending has to be put in a place in radio. It has to be put in a place, in my opinion, um, over the course of just different traditional medias. It needs to be on the station. The station needs to feed into the host. The host feed back to the station. It's a full circle digital approach. But you're not getting this without a very top-level plan coming from the top, and I feel like we are so far away from that right now in broadcast. 
And, you know, I get heated about this because this is a touchy subject for me from where I've come from, from where I'm at now, from the amount of people in the radio industry who honestly don't talk to me anymore. I'm outcasted. I speak uh, my feelings about that industry, and they don't want anything to do with me now. And it's just, it's okay. You know, I feel like for me, this is something I need to be truthful about when I talk about this industry. This is something that I feel like someone at some point has to break through that, you know, we kind of want to do social media. We kind of want to do digital media. We want to have our iHeart apps. But what is the experience for someone who is just scrolling through their phone, someone who has no discovery of your radio station, barely knows it exists anymore? How do we realize this? How do we create incentive for them to stick with us? It used to be an experience. One of the greatest things that I loved about being a radio host is that I would be able to play somebody's song, that they would call in, they'd say that they loved my show, I was able to play their song, they were listening, they were having a bad day, this gave them a smile, put a smile on their face. They're so happy that I took the time to interact with them. So that's something that's just big in itself is interacting with someone on social media to create that enhanced experience. And I believe that we have at least gotten past that when it comes to news media is one of the first that did it, having all of their anchors, reporters on Twitter, now Instagram, and responding to people, putting out new original content that is specific to the station, but also kind of original to them and their own social media experience. That was a start but what about the discovery phase? How are we being discovered on digital and social media rather than watching the news station, rather than listening to the radio? Higher-end ads have to be put into place. I'm not talking about putting $5 million budgets for every small local station. I'm talking about spending one, two, $3,000 a month across your personalities, across your radio brand, and doing something different, doing something to create that organic, it's not organic because it's paid, but it feels organic experience that we remembered back in the days of radio, that personality-driven functionality that can get people in the loop. No, those two or $3,000 aren't going to get you Nielsen ratings. No, I'm not going to be able to give you a report Right now, that two or $3,000 spent on this brand awareness initiative is going to get you more advertising right out of the gate. But what I'm telling you right now is just playing music, just doing 15-second bits, just posting organically on social media is going to keep your ass in the same place that it was in 2010, and we're going to continue to see stations flipping and flopping. We're going to see stations um, syndicating programming from different places. We are not going to see the proper movement. There has to be changes made. That is my 50 cents when it comes to the broadcast industry. I love the broadcast industry, um, even though it doesn't always love me back. I have nothing but great things to say about the times that I've had in radio, the struggles, the six to seven day weeks, to working 42 straight days as a host. It wore me down at times. But I will never take that back because I am not the social media person. I am not the person I am today without the trials, the turbulations, the things that I had to do in radio to get to where I am today, to do this podcast, to do the things that I want to do to put smiles on other people's faces. Without radio, I'm not there. It breaks my heart to see how many people have lost jobs. It breaks my heart to see 
how this industry at times has led to others getting into alcoholism, to doing drugs, to losing their marital, to, to losing their spouses. It, it is a problem in this industry. Uh, there's a lot of people working really hard to try to change, to try to make it something that they thought they went to school to do. I don't know when it gets there. I, local local news, I think, at least is survivable. There's enough there to keep this thing running, though I don't think it's going to run like it ran in 1998. Uh, but radio, I really have a tough time figuring out what the next step is for it. I do believe that there's a lot happening in the right direction that we see the hosts right now being uh, really amplified to do their own social media channels so if we're just talking progress i do see progress there i don't hate y'all radio i still listen i still want to get better and there's no one that can explain the current situation of radio and really much more than i know it in its current era the last i knew radio was in 2016 that would be caden who is coming on next i can't wait for this conversation he's waiting he's you know, pumping his feet right now. I'm sure fired up to talk about this. Can't wait to have him. The most important person, I would say, of my career, the really turning point to my career and where I see myself now without Caden. I don't know if I'm doing this podcast right now. I don't know if I'm balling out at Space Center Houston doing the type of work that I know I'm capable of doing. So as promised, we're joined by our guest today, Caden, my former internship boss dating back to 2010, 21-year-old Andy before I knew pretty much Jack squat about radio. He brought me on at Hot 95.7 for our Houston listeners and uh, really taught me the ropes of radio and not just radio, but the ropes of the workplace, what you have to do to really stand out, what you have to do to grind it out, what it means to go all in in this type of environment where um, if we go back to 2010, it was a very tough work environment, not only in broadcast, but also for myself once I was able uh, to get out into that work industry. Currently, Caden is a programming consultant for Rancheria Radio, also hosts on Live 101.5 Phoenix, and previously was an assistant content director for the city of Mesa. Decades of radio experience, Caden not only has been successful at doing radio and top 40 radio at the highest level, but also has been able to transition that skill set into a skill set that is applicable for 2019 where we see digital media. So with that grand entry, thank you, Caden, for joining us today. Wow, what an entrance. What a what a setup. I hope I uh, can keep up with you, Andy. Thank you. <laughs> I, I hope I've come a long way since I was the shy kid that you're putting on the phones to um, do some bits with. I know that... You know, when I came in with you to work in radio 2010, uh, we seen that industry, I think, starting to change a little bit. Um, we obviously knew about Clear Channel having the struggles that they were having. We saw that different big corporations uh, were starting to move around a little bit. Cumulus obviously shifted. Uh, what do you see right now in 2019 and this just last decade of the radio industry, how it's shifted for the better, for the worse, for the good? What have you seen that you like and dislike? Man, you know, since we worked together in 2010, it, okay, so it's been nine years. I think the radio industry has changed literally probably three or four times since then. It, you know, it's very, I'm not going to say it's cyclical because it's not, but in a way it is. Um, you know, 
this industry changes uh, in broadcast media, you know, by the year, if not, you know, every couple of years with significant changes. Um, you know, current state of radio right now, as far as big time, you know, corporate conglomerates, there's only like, you know, probably four or five big companies uh, that own everything. Um, and, you know, if you don't work for a big conglomerate company in a major, you know, or a large market, you may be at a mom and pop shop in a small market or maybe even regional ownership. So bottom line is, you know, everybody knows everybody. Um, and chances are that, you know, you and 150 of your closest colleagues have the same boss. Uh, you know what I mean? So radio itself is a very, very large industry, but it's so small. Everybody knows each other. Um, you know, like I said, the, the conglomerates have gotten smaller and smaller where there's only about three or four of them. And it's just one of these things where, you know, uh, it's it, it, the best thing I can the best analogy I can create is literally sink or swim, um, because if you're not involved in social media, if you don't get the new 2019 versus 2016, 2017 version of utilizing social media, with uh, broadcast in real time, 360 marketing, um, you know, you're, you're going to sink and you're not going to stay afloat. And, you know, there's always somebody willing to do your job uh, better and cheaper than you. And, and that's what it boils down to. And, you know, we, we can go on and on for this about days. But bottom line is you always got to stay sharp. You're you always got to be willing to learn the new best way to engage your audience in content creation and on the air in real time, um, you know, or they'll find somebody else that, that does it for you that really gets it, whether, you know, it's someone older, younger, you know, or, or whatever. So right now, what is your recommendation? If you're a young person that's coming in, 21 years old, wide eye like I was, wants to do radio, um, is it a requirement in your mind right now where they need to be on Instagram, where they need to be on Twitter, where they need to be heavily involved in it, because I know what happens a lot where, you know, a lot of them get throttled down or they get discouraged is often they don't feel like their company is putting them in that type of position uh, to go do these things. They're not amplifying their Instagram. It's like almost like you're not a contract worker because a lot of them do receive full time benefits, but they almost feel like a contract worker where they have to go in and hustle and do everything themselves. Is that what they have to do right now to where they come into this uh, radio industry loaded with 5,000 Instagram followers ready to go? You know, and let's just back up what you were saying about that. You know, a good a good example of, of a lot of people that are getting signed now to record labels, you know, artists. Um, it's not like it was back in the day where, you know, an artist has a showcase and eventually they get signed through demo tapes or whatever to a record label and then get a deal. A lot of the artists that are breaking now, they're stars on YouTube. They're stars on Instagram. Remember when Vine was popular, which isn't around anymore. So, you know, social media is everything. And I really mean, I can't stress that enough. Um, it's not, it's not, it's not solo everything, but it's almost everything with the fact that you have to have social media skills in order to be involved in any type of broadcasting these days. You know, there's a reason when you're watching your local newscast while the anchor is talking and it has their Instagram or Twitter handle underneath them. It's the easiest way to engage a one on one real time conversation with somebody, um, you know, versus, you know, a request line type of scenario. Now, you know, obviously phone lines, they still ring. 
uh, you know, radio stations uh, and, you know, sometimes TV stations still use the short code, you know, text the word win to 25115 or whatever it is. Um, but you really you really got to have these social media skills uh, in order to even be considered, uh, you know, and even to be considered a candidate for any position, because bottom line is the more you're out there, the more you're hustling and the more you can showcase that, you know, the difference of posting on Instagram uh, feed versus Instagram stories versus Instagram going live or Facebook live or Twitter, like you said, or even Snapchat, knowing the difference and how to use those platforms for what kind of content you want to create. That is where, you know, the people that are really on that kind of uh, learning curve are going to be the ones that are most successful and are going to be the ones that, you know, who, whose um, showcase rises to the top. Um, you know, I've noticed in the last probably five to six years, um, you know, being the best radio person or being or having the most, you know, the, the best chops in the business as far as having the most. Uh, you know, experience doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the job anymore. It really has to do with the fact that you really have to know how to do the new school way of marketing as far as digital, online, integrating social media. Um, you could have the most talent in the world. You could have the best resume in the world. And But bottom line is if someone comes in and they know how to use social media and, and digital media to their advantage – and tie that in with not necessarily having the most talent in the business or having the most followers. Um, bottom line is they're going to get you're on an equal playing field now because that the weight now is more in that that field. You know, the fascinating thing you brought up is you talk about how that kind of extends the conversation that you're having with a user. And that's one thing uh, that you taught me way back when we worked together. And I remember submitting some of my early air checks to you when I was working over on College Station is to remember that you're talking to that singular person, that you're talking and creating an experience for somebody. And that really, whether it's an individual on social media or if it's a brand, larger company, everything in between, it's that one-on-one -on -one conversation. And I've always talked about how radio and social media have this, it's very similar in a way. Now there's pictures, there's videos, there's a lot going on on social media, a lot of hoopla when you're swooping uh, through your phone. But at the end of the day, it's one-on-one -on -one conversation. It's meant to be natural. Yes, it is advertising at times, but it still is done in a way where it's seen as an experience to that user, something that they want to engage with and they want to feel um, that there's value and they're empowered with. And I think that what we're talking about here, kind of the parallels, uh, there's a very close parallel, and I feel like the way that a great social media campaign or a great singular person social media strategy is laid out uh, where we can take a lot of ideas from radio. And I think social media can also pump a lot of ideas back into radio to keep somebody fresh on air. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's, it's just like one of those things where, you know, you, you really you really have to know how to manipulate and use your content creation and on which channels and who you're engaging for. Um, you know, and it's also one of these things where, you know, I think just as a, an example, I think the best free tool that restaurants could have, you know, in the in this decade is Instagram. Because think about it. If you go to a nice restaurant, 
and your you know uh, waitress or whatever delivers your food, what's the first thing you're going to do? You're going to take the picture of your food and you're going to tag the restaurant. It's free advertising. Mm-hmm. And that's just an example of, of something where, you know, if you're not on Instagram or not, you know, when you and I worked together, I think the big thing was Twitter back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously over the years, you know, Twitter really hasn't, you know, morphed and become something else. But, you know, since then, Snapchat evolved. It was the king for a while. It was the number one way that millennials communicate. You know, I mean, more people were snapping via communication than texting. Think about that. Snapchat was bigger than text messaging for a while with millennials. Now that Instagram kind of copied the whole Snapchat Instagram story feature um, and the fact that you can post stuff permanently on Instagram now and, you, you know, Instagram copied the whole Facebook Live thing. We can go live, you know, in our field, in my field of radio right now, as far as a social media tool, Instagram is king. And it will probably stay like that for a while. Um, you know, in a, demogra- a demographic of 18 to 34 or even, you know, uh, let's say teen, let's say teens from 12 to 34 years old, those demographics, um, no one is really, you know, utilizing Facebook anymore unless it's an older skewing demographic just because, um, you can do just so much more in real time um, using, you know, like an Instagram type feature. Uh, Twitter's still there. You know, Snapchat, it's kind of hard to monetize the whole Snapchat thing. Um, that's kind of more in the moment type, you know, back to, uh, backstage type stuff. But each individual social media network has its advantages. And you really have to know how to utilize those and tie those into your own brand. As along uh, as well as content creation, you know, uh, doing clickbait type stuff um, to uh, bring people to your web page or your social media versus something else in the same market, especially when you have three or four direct competitors. So I like what you're talking about here with Instagram, the way it's growing that personalized experience. And also, you know, what we see with Instagram in terms of growth right now uh, is very similar to Facebook. I remember when I brought Instagram to the table back when I was working at radio just a few years ago, and a lot of the conversation was that it only skews really young. Does it get to that male sports demographic that we're looking for? And, you know, my response was, well, maybe not right now. But a lot of these algorithms, they eventually worked our way into other demographics once once we see them start to be successful. Um, we've seen that with Instagram, well over a billion users now. Uh, just about four or five years ago, we were talking 200, 300 million users. So the trajectory is very similar in a way to what we've seen with Facebook and very successful the way that Facebook has been business-wise. $9 billion, I believe, was the estimate in revenue for 2018 and Instagram. So that's only growing as not only a business platform, but the number one personalized platform, which really mixing both of those together uh, can make it really successful. Uh, Something that I have talked about um, a little bit when I'm ranting and just raving about the social media industry is... Um, Instagram specialist. And I think this is an upcoming job. I believe it would be a very important job uh, for some of the bigger uh, radio corporations to start looking into an intercom and iHeart um, as they're trying to get themselves, you know, in that number one position. We know that iHeart has had its struggles. We know they tried iHeart um, radio as they got ahead of the digital game. But I feel like the real next step, Caden, is what about Instagram specialists and consultants and high level social media? media people being inside of these stations, being inside of these groups, 
and really building a brand strategy within all of their radio hosts where no, not everybody has the same voice, no, not everybody's robotic, but we're running paid social media through a lot of these hosts with an organic feel. I think if this could strategically be done, I feel like it's really the next step for radio and something that, uh, you know, I don't know if really anybody's taking advantage of right now. Uh, you know, it's funny you bring that up because when you and I worked together uh, back in 2010, um, you know, our, our station was not on Instagram. And um, like I said, this is when Twitter was king uh, pretty much. And Facebook was still, you know, kind of like, I mean, then again, it was nine years ago. But, you know, and I even asked the question, I remember asking, hey, why aren't we on Instagram? And uh, it was more of a kind of a corporate response. Well, there's no way to monetize it. Uh, things have changed significantly, you know, in the last nine years. Uh, a lot of stuff has changed. There is a way, obviously, to monetize it. And even if they're even if they're not looking uh, to generate, you know, that kind of NTR revenue, there is a place for every single brand, whether it's radio, TV, uh, you know, hospitality business, to be on Instagram. Uh, to answer your question, um, you know, I guess coming from the conglomerate radio standpoint, um, I, I could see, you know, a well, first of all, from the from the head down, obviously there's a head of digital, uh, VP head of digital for each you know kind of entity company. So I think that position would more rely on on you know being the head of that department you know corporately and you know kind of taking it on the step down. As far as a local entity, uh, you know, utilizing a head of Instagram or a head of you know uh, whatever social media. Bottom line is the budget's there. Uh, the budget's not there in radio. Um, there are there are definitely more dollars being allocated to digital versus other traditional positions in radio, such as on-air programming or having a live talent in each day part. Um, you know, you're seeing a lot of those dollars kind of dry up, especially in the uh, corporate world where they're willing to kind of shave off, uh, you know, some of the skin of the more traditional positions in order to concentrate and have a more allocated feature in the digital platform. So not in a local level, I don't think, but definitely corporately, uh, whoever's in charge of, you know, being the VP of digital or what have you, direct engagement, online engagement, um, those are going to be the people that are really, you know, know how to use these social media networks and write the you know company philosophy or tips and tricks, and have that trickle down to the local level, and then you know underneath that to the uh, the on air level of people in the business, um, because it's just you know hiring someone like that in each market, it's just not a plausible you know return on investment as far as is uh, is having that. And a lot of these conglomerate companies also too, they want to be uniform down the middle. That way everyone is doing the same, uh, you know, setting the same policy versus having it different in every city. Mm -hmm. And that makes sense. Uh, it's just something that, you know, I've looked at not just radio, uh, really just the way Instagram is right now. As we've talked about, these channels are so different. I do paid social media on Facebook, Instagram, sometimes Twitter, LinkedIn. I mean, there are times where 
I'm trying to do a campaign. I'm carving the post up five different ways before I hit the post button. It looks different on each one. And it takes a lot of time and it has a different aesthetic to it. Uh, so that's something that, you know, again, not just radio, but just looking at a whole that I think the Instagram specialist, I feel like it's an important position to Really, even where the places I've worked in, it's it's not something that's feasible within their budget right now. I think it would be a hard push to get that. But I do believe at some point it might be some of the really big companies, the 3 million followers type places that start going with this. And not only just teaching um, how to do Instagram for um, the actual business entity, but how do you trickle it down? How do you get... Uh, 15 different people in one setting to all kind of follow these set of rules to follow this Jedi mind trick to lead people through the funnel. Hopefully we'll start to see that here in the near future with the growth that's happening. A um, little bit short on time, so I don't want to go too long because I can ramble about this probably for three hours if I wanted to. Um, a few things, Caden, that you have done in your career. Um, you are, um, I don't know, is it fair to call you an old school radio guy now? <laughs> Definitely not. We don't no, use the I, OLD word. You know, no, I, I, I grew up. I grew up. Uh, in, I started in radio in uh, you know essentially ninety eight, ninety nine ish. Um, mm-hmm. So I am the last generation of air talent where we grew up doing live shifts. You know before automation. Mm-hmm. So um, you know shortly after I got into the biz, voice tracking, which is basically where you know your local DJ that you think is on the radio is piped in from another city. If you're listening in Denver, there's a good chance that that, you know, on-air DJ is coming in from Los Angeles or New York, et cetera. And that even goes, you know, three or four times for smaller markets. Um, But yeah, I'm the last generation of uh, live air talent where we grew up, you know, before the digital age. Um, And it's night and day, obviously, now, you know, people that want to are trying to break into the biz now, you know, it's, it's less about... I, I've seen a lot of people get into the business now that maybe don't have the best amount of talent, but they're trainable and they grew up in the digital era with, you know, with iPads, and smartphones, et cetera. So that's all they know. And that's why they're getting an equal playing field as someone like me who's been in the business a while is because they really know how to use that the, this new school digital media uh, and incorporate that into, you know, their their job or their aspirations of getting into the media business. Um, so, like I said, I, I have, I've seen a lot of people in the last five, six years where, you know, probably a decade ago, they would not have had a chance or a prayer to get into the business uh, based on talent. But because they understand uh, the new age of digital media, you're, they're kind of, you know, their resume is neck and neck with yours. So with your career and how you've been able to uh, reinvent yourself in a way to do multiple things, to do both radio, to do social media for the city of Mesa, um, to consult different groups, um, how would you say you got to that point? How has it worked out for you? And how has your radio background um, really helped you um, moving towards a digital era that we see right now? Uh, You know... It's one of those things where I kind of, you know, growing up in the radio field, you kind of have a set mentality. And you, you, first of all, you have to always be willing to adapt and learn. If you're set in your ways and you're saying, I'm not going to change, well, then you're not going to be able to stay afloat, like I said, with sink or swim. You really have to be willing every time there's a, a new, you know, a new media out there or a new way to do things to adapt and to learn, uh, you know, on a short learning curve how to do that. 
Um, you know, I had my first kind of non-radio job uh, within this past year um, doing social media for a city government, which is completely different than radio. Uh, obviously, you know, in the radio business, everything is a little bit looser. It's a little bit more relaxed. People are a little bit less stiff. Uh, you know, when you're doing stuff for a city government, it doesn't get any more stiffer than that. You know what I mean? Um, so it's like one of those things where the, the basic premise was the same. And going back to what you said about posting on Facebook versus Twitter versus Instagram, you may have to do the same content post four or five times and reword it five or six different times just based on the fact of how many characters you're allowed or what you're trying to achieve with with hashtags and that type of stuff. Um, the content obviously varies, you know, depending on what type of business you're in, whether it would be government or hospitality or TV or radio or entertainment or music, etc. But, you know, the way of doing things is just a little bit different. And you really have to know, um, you know, you have to trust your instincts. You have to have that kind of natural uh, ability to kind of gauge how your post or your content will perform. Um, but at the same time, you have to know how to tweak it to get the most amount of uh, return on what you're putting out there into the universe. So final question here. You're a young person right now, Caden. You're 20 years old. You're getting into this in radio industry right now. But, you know, these college kids now, they go through classes where they've had digital media training. They're better on social media because they've lived with it. Heck, I've said number of times for myself i have to keep my skills freaking fresh because i've worked with some young kids and they've lived instagram and it's a little bit harder for me to learn certain elements because i didn't grow you know i didn't go through my teens learning that so you're a kid now who's strong on instagram strong on digital you know how to use wordpress heck you have some on-air abilities from some of the things you've done in college what is the approach right now from the Swiss Army knife, the hungry college kid that wants to get in and just get their feet wet in a little bit of everything? Is it podcasts? Is it doing radio part-time? Is it mixing and matching with freelance social media gigs? What, what would you do right now if you're coming out of school and looking for that role? Uh, I th you know, you hit, you, hit the, you hit the hat trick right there. Um, everything that you just mentioned uh you know what i mean if you can get a part-time gig uh you know in promotions that's how a lot of people get their foot in the door um podcasting in the last i would say three years has blown up i mean huge numbers there are now actual um you know podcast conventions that are attracting you know a ton of people and you know if you own your own podcast and you end up getting sponsorship for it, that's money in your pocket. You don't have to split that with anybody. You know what I mean? Um, that is income that's in your pocket. And there are people now that have left traditional radio uh, to go solely in podcasting that are making millions of dollars. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen to everybody. Um, you know, I kind of have thought about getting into the whole podcasting game. Um, but at the same time, it's, you know, um, I, I come from, like, the traditional source of radio. And still, that's where, you know... I would say 95% of, you know, the content comes from, um, but, you know, having a, a lot of these conglomerate companies too, they're, you know, actually, uh, having their talent get into the kind of side hustle podcasting feature, um, you know, on the digital platform is just another way to express their creativity and personality. So if you're, you know, a DJ on a rock station or a pop station, whatever, but you have an interest in politics or an interest in cooking, Maybe you have a cooking podcast on the side. 
that people can download on demand. That's just another way to showcase something else that doesn't necessarily fit the demo that you're, you know, uh, using with your, your main gig, something like that. So yeah, podcasting has grown, uh, huge numbers, uh, interning. And I forgot what the other aspect that you said there, um, Freelance it was. social media. Because that's, Freelancing, that's yeah, pretty yeah. hot right now. Yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, if, if you have the skills and, you know, the bottom line is, you know, uh, and I hate saying this, but it, it's true in the business. The bottom line is numbers. And, um, you know, if, if there's a job opening and there's a, uh, there's a person that has, you know, minimal talent, but they have 10,000 followers on Instagram and Twitter, you know, whatever, on each network. And there's a person with an enormous amount of talent, but they, you know, are kind of lacking in the whole digital media department. Uh, bottom line is they're probably going to go with the person with the, uh, the the digital numbers because they're trainable. They're probably going to be a little bit cheaper to hire, if not a lot cheaper. And uh, they're hungry and you don't have to hold their hand while doing, you know, uh, digital media. Um, so, it's you know, the adage of, uh, you know, you can't train an old dog to do new tricks. It's kind of true in this world where you, you really have to know in 2019, you have to kind of flip it and reverse it where you have to start with the digital stuff and then kind of, uh, you know, approach it from a trainable talent aspect. I've seen this time and time again. That's not saying people with talent and no social media skills, uh, cannot, you know, retain their jobs. There's plenty out there, but you know, I think the shelf life on those, uh, on those type of people, um, you know, it is kind of, uh, fastly approaching to dry up in the next five, six years. There it is. Caden radio, digital social media, superstar is happy to have you. It's been too long. Um, you again, you can catch him, uh, 101.5 Phoenix programming consultant for Rancheria radio. And if you're in Houston again, remember him and I doing some radio bits together on Hot 95.7. I thank you for joining us. It was awesome. (laughs) uh, We'll have to do this again sometime, and it's been a great time catching up with you. Yeah, I appreciate it, Andy. All the best luck to you, man. Thank you. Be sure to check Caden out at Caden Radio on Instagram. You'll be able to see his mixed bag of on-air tools, social media tools, really taking this past 2019, a professional one of the top people I've ever worked with. And I can't say it enough once again that somebody who took the time to help a 21-year-old kid who was wide-eyed, who was green in the radio industry, had done school broadcast, done high school broadcast, but really needed that push, that work ethic, that go-getter attitude, that drive. You know, right after I worked with Caden, it was actually immediately after working with him that I got my first job as a host as a 21 year old I wouldn't take anything back for the world it was a fantastic time uh, back then just feeling like anything was possible and I feel like when I got into my mid-20s my later 20s the world started to tell you that hey you're supposed to do these things hey your bro has a house hey your bro's married hey so-and-so's making two times as much money as you it stopped telling me to be a dreamer And if there's anything that I've gone back into my life, um, looking back on radio and to where I'm at right now, it's that I always am a dreamer. I don't think I'll stop being a dreamer. When I'm 30, um, I have goals for when I'm 40. When I'm 40, I'll have goals for when I'm 50. And if I don't meet those or if I meet them or if I do something different and greater, that's okay. 
you know, I don't sit here and have these specific benchmarks anymore. What I want to go in is I want to smile. I want to do work as hard as I possibly can. I want to prove that I am the very best in my craft. And I've, without Caden, without doing that internship, without working with someone uh, who can take it to that next level, who has that drive, it was very special to me and also something that I think as much as we can dump on the radio industry. Uh, there's nobody, there's no industry I've seen to this point uh, that has employees that are going as all in as what I've seen in radio. These people work hard. Uh, they are trying to do the best they can to save an industry that has seen a lot of uh, punches in the gut. They go in, they go all out, they try to be the best they can. So if you're coming up and you're looking uh, to be in broadcast, you're looking to do digital, you're looking to do a mixed bag of both, if there's any advice, listen to what Caden said. It's learn a little bit of everything. Do freelance social media for your friends. Host a podcast. Do part-time work at your local radio station and don't worry about the money. Don't worry about that stuff right now. Do you. Don't let the noise get to you. If there's something that's going to be consistent in this podcast, it's going to be eliminating that noise. How do we keep going with our dreams? How do we keep making ourselves the best we can be in this digital era you don't have to have that microphone at a radio station anymore. You don't have to be on the nightly news to have your voice heard. You have to grind. You can do as much as you want. The opportunities, we are very blessed to be in this time right now to have the opportunities that we have that are endless that be, can be created just from raw hard work and determination. So we talk about broadcast and digital. We talk about that journalistic approach and how these skills are similar. Yes, we grind, but also just that storytelling ability. You listen to Caden right now, a person who is able to tell that story. Uh, I feel like those types of hosts uh, tend to translate very well onto social media. Storytelling through a narrative, through a picture, through five words on a post, through emojis. Yes, it's all part of the game. It's all part of being natural and authentic. I believe that there's a big point to being authentic on social media. There's a big point to being positive, to smiling, to going out there and telling the story of your brand, telling the story of yourself, whatever it may be. Uh, these skills, when you listen to the best radio hosts that do have the ability to do more than just those 15-second ramps, I feel like you really start to learn who they are. I feel like through social media, that can be extended or it can be the primary outlet for you. But if I can leave you with anything, and if there's any major difference that I see between these two industries, this will be it, is as much as radio hosts push, as much of a struggle as it is, it leads to some dark pathways that we discussed earlier, and it leads to negativity. It leads to uh, people not being nice to each other. And when we build this social media thing, I really want us all to look at it ourselves. I want us to look in the mirror. I want us to interact on the different social media platforms about this, that we need to be better. We don't need to bring other people down. We don't need to bring our competitors down. I want to beat every single one of you. I want to be the best but I'm going to smile at you. I'm going to respect your strategy. I'm going to respect your hustle along the way. We don't need to bring negativity. We don't need to bring someone else down because of how they got famous on social media, about how they do Instagram and is different than you. This industry has enough naysayers right now. 
Just like radio has naysayers. People think your show sucks, so be it. Let them think it sucks. Let's be bigger. Let's be the ones to inspire people. Let's be the ones to take this thing all the way up and make it the best it can be. We can do that. And another thing, there's now social media consultants coming out there and telling people to spend thousands of dollars to listen to their advice. Let's be better than that. Let's put good out in the world, not for financial success. If that's your primary job, yes, I get it. But if it's just something you're doing on the side to help somebody, to help a beginner, and you're going to rack them $200 to do it, that's stuff that people in radio did to have a coach. You know, it was good that they wanted to help me. Did they want to help me speak or did they want $50 from me every week? Sometimes those lines got very blurred. I feel like right now our industry is small. It's going to be huge. It already is huge for certain businesses making millions of dollars on it. Let's be bigger. Let's spread our wealth. Let's talk about our experiences. Let's talk about our struggle and our drives and our abilities to tell this story, our abilities to make somebody happy by responding to their comment, our abilities to post an Instagram story from my business, to post it on there and get that response that I made somebody's day because I featured their picture on Space Center Houston. That's what it's about for me. We have to be better than that. We have to go out there and want to help each other to do that little extra. Uh, When I do this podcast, I've had a couple questions. Why do you do this? Is it something to build your ego? For me, this is something to help somebody else out. If I could sway one person to bring more positivity to their life, it's worth it. If I could sway one person that doesn't know if this industry is right for them, but after hearing this, they want to do it, it's worth it. If somebody is making $12 an hour right now and hasn't been able to get beyond that in social media, doesn't know if this is still for them, if I can keep them in the industry and give them motivation then it's worth it. That's what it's about for me. That's what I hope it can be about for you. Let's make this a fantastic industry, not for just us, but for the ones under us, for the ones under them, for the people above us who are trying to learn it. We have to be the positive voice that continues to grow this thing and makes it as big as it can possibly be and not let it fall into that negative trap. Once again, I really hope you enjoyed the program. I hope you're able to mark down your calendars June 27th, Social Media Day Houston. Find that link in my bio on Instagram. Find that link on the entry for this podcast on how you can register. Really hope to see you there. Really hope to see you again here soon. Thank you again, Caden, for joining the program. I look forward to another edition of Social Media Hustling.